Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. We gather here as, as a crowd, but we're never seen as a, a crowd um, by Jesus. Right. Um, we certainly encourage everyone here that as a church, we, we don't gather crowds, we gather individuals. We gather, we gather, because every person, every single person has their own story. Every single person has, uh, even, it's a story that's even different to last week. You know, if you, if you tend to use the word crowd, um, it can make you, make you look at people as a, as a unit. When we're not, we're a family, we're a community. Um, and we and we want to we want to uh, emphasize that because after all at Heart Church we say family is foundational because we believe it and we are building family. We are building family in a world where family has become so eroded. It's taken a real hit in our society, and so we need to build family because where family has not been so great for people, we need to be that new that new family. I want to say that. For everyone who, who feels unseen, we need to start because, as I mentioned last week, the, the words that were said to Jesus came from the Heavenly Father. They didn't come from a human father. They came from a Heavenly Father. And though you may have not, <coughs> excuse me, ever have heard a human father say those words to you, um, you need to know that God says them to you. He knows you. He loves you. He formed you in your mother's womb. Job 23 says, for He knows the way. He knows the way that I take. He knows where you are. He knows you're here tonight. You've not dropped off His radar. Even though you may be going through some challenging times, even though you may be going through some great times, God knows where you are. And one of the things I love about Jesus was that He knew how, because crowds followed Him, because um, because. People will always be drawn to the anointing. People will always be drawn to the anointing. Jesus didn't have to advertise. He wasn't on social media. He didn't have to run a local ad in the, in the paper. You know, the people, people follow the anointing. And um, in Mark 6, it caught my attention. He says, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place. This is him speaking to his disciples and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they, they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. And then, of course, they came across another crowd and, and Jesus had compassion on them. So Jesus didn't just see a group of people he saw individuals that's why he had compassion on them but he also he also knew that it was okay to come aside to not always be available we're not meant to be always available to everybody all the time and and I, I, I believe this is is this huge issue we have we've lost the art 
of, of knowing what it is to be quiet. In fact, noise in our life, whether it's social media, whether it's music, whether it's, whether it's uh, YouTube, whether whatever, you know, whatever we do, to, it can be a form of numbing. Right. Numbing, it's, it's, it actually stops us thinking. It, right. it, it actually, because right. so we, we, we don't want to be left alone with our thoughts. Right. Because maybe there are some stuff we need to deal with. So what we do, instead of dealing with the thoughts, we numb, we numb ourselves with, with noise. And I, I, I want to say to us that we've got to learn, we've got to learn to, to find a place of solitude. We've got to learn to play, find a place of quietness where we can, where we can engage with God. You know, it's, um, my walk with God is not about walking around 100, you know, like, it's, there, there are moments, there are moments of quietness. Moments of quietness, moments of tenderness. It's a relationship. It's a relationship that needs to be nurtured. Jesus knew how to withdraw from the crowds. He knew, he knew how to respond to them compassionately. Of course, some of us in the room may, may use the crowd. And, and it's amazing in the room, there are some people who maybe find having a few more people uh, more challenging and there are uh, some of us who find it easier right. because you can hide in a crowd. Yeah. There is some anonymity, there's some invisibility in the crowd. Right. And I want to I say to us that, that we're, we're not meant to come here to hide. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's never ideal. So Listen, I get it if we're on a journey to faith. I get it if we're dealing with some stuff. I get it if we're if we're just taking our time, I get it, everyone's at a different stage. But at some point, there's something wrong if all we ever do is get in just for the beginning of the service. Don't move out of our seat at connection time and leave at the end of the service without engaging in it with anyone. Because if I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm part of a body. You, can't, you cannot say, well, I'm only here for Jesus. No. I'm sorry. You can't say that. That's another sermon for another day. Wow. You've got, you, if you're here for Jesus, I'm here for you. Yeah. And you're here for me. Because, be, because it, it, it is, as I outwork my relationship with Him, I work it out with you and vice versa. You, there, is, there is something that happens in the body. There's something that supernatural happens when we meet together. We're not, so that's the dynamic, that's the beauty. In fact, that's what we've just celebrated. Right. We've just celebrated the fact that we come as individuals, but we are joined by one body and that's yeah. Jesus. When you, right. when you took of the, 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 the uh, cracker, when you took of the juice, you were remembering that we are, we're all from different backgrounds, right. all from uh, uh, different uh, places in society, but we are united right. through Jesus. That makes us, that makes us one. That, that gives us, that makes us family. So Jesus dealt compassionately with the crowds. And, and the, way, the way he see, he, Jesus can look at a crowd and see individuals. This is what got my attention. I was reminded of when, when there was a woman, uh, and you know the story where, where there was a woman who pressed through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment, Jesus, Jesus saw her and drew attention and drew attention to her. And, and, and I was thinking to myself that he was a woman who Jesus drew attention to because he sees, he saw her. Right. 
even though, even though she was carrying a hidden shame because her condition meant that she carried a hidden shame. Jesus saw her. There are people here in the room who are hiding things. Jesus sees everything that is hidden. There was a man that Jesus saw in the crowd at the temple who had a withered hand. Jesus not only sees hidden shame, he sees visible vulnerability. He sees the things that are unseen. He sees the things that are seen. And He loves us through those things. Jesus is not here to judge or condemn us. Jesus is here to love us into a place of wholeness. Church, we must never forget that. That our our primary role is to love. When, when people hear so good. the church speak, wow. they should yeah. hear love. Right. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have standards. I'm not saying that there aren't some serious issues in society that we need to speak to. I think that we need to be careful that in the name of political correctness, we aren't, we aren't forced into a place of silence. When we, when, we, when, we, when we should be speaking. Right. But whenever our voice is heard, we must first speak with a voice of love. That is what people must hear. They must not hear judgment because Jesus did not come with judgment. And I know that because Jesus was accused by religious people of being a friend of sinners. Why was He accused of being a friend of sinners? Because He was surrounded by sinners. Why was he surrounded by sinners? He was surrounded by sinners because sinners found it comfortable to be around him. They, they, and and I I just believe there would have been this glorious mixture because Jesus would have been the holiest, he is the holiest person who ever walked the face of the earth. And so everyone, everyone who came into his presence would have been aware of the stuff that was wrong in their life. And yet more powerful than those internal feelings was the love. Was the love that they felt. And, and, and I, I don't mind being, I don't mind feeling a little uncomfortable because I just want to be with Him. I just want to be with Him. I just want to be with Him. It's awesome to be with Him. I, I, you know, this stuff I can't work out, but I just want to be near Jesus. I want to remind us that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the body of Christ on the earth. That is... That is what that meal was also there to remind us of, that we are the body of Christ on the earth. And as people responded like that to Jesus, they should be responding like that to us. Come on, true, true. To us. Problem for us is that there are too many of us judging each other in the room, never mind people outside. We're too busy looking at people around us and deciding where they fit on the scale. And yet when you think about it, the fact, that, the fact that people were even attracted to the church in the first place was because they saw how people loved each other. They, they, they said, wow, I, I don't get everything, but that, I need that. I want that in my life. In John 5, we read that, that Jesus saw someone else in the crowd. He says, he says sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, the, now there is a, a, sorry, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool 
which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. The reason I stumble there is because I just hate that word, in, invalid. Mm. No one is invalid. Right. No one, no matter right. what disability someone yeah. might have or what challenge physically yeah. someone might have, mental or otherwise, no one is invalid. Everyone is valid. Everyone is a child of God. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when this water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes in ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. So I've, I've heard it preached. And I've, I've actually uh, preached it that this man was, was part of a crowd. But in this version particularly, I just found it intriguing that, that we read that where this man was, here a great number of people, verse 3, a great number of disabled people used to lie. Right. Right. So there used to be a crowd here. Right. Some people had moved on. Mm. What? What does it look like when others have moved on and you're still here? Wow. No doubt some of those people did get healed. Wow. Maybe some just left because they couldn't wait. Maybe some passed away because they were sick. What do you do when you are, when you've been part of a crowd, but now you're still here, you're still broken, you're still waiting? And in, in the middle of this, Jesus noticed him. I, you know, I could only imagine what a man might have looked like after sitting there for 38 years. Right. And, and Jesus, the Bible says, learned. See, I love that because Jesus asked questions. Even Jesus wasn't so super spiritual that he couldn't ask questions. Jesus doesn't always need to ask questions. Some, sometimes he just knew. Sometimes he became aware. Sometimes he knew what people were thinking. But in this instance, he learned. He, he was asking about the man. What is that man's story? What is that man's story? He saw someone there. And, and then he, he, he came up to him with a question that may actually seem offensive, especially when you have been waiting an awful long time. Do you want? Right. To get well. What are you saying? It's like, bro, do you, know, do you know how long I've been here? What are you even talking about? Do I want to get, do I want, do I want to get well? Yes, I, why else would I be here? I don't know, I don't know that he reacted like that, but the question needed to be asked. And I believe the question, the question needed to be asked because when you've been around anywhere for 38 years and all that time has been spent around sick people, all your relationships are with sick people, it actually can be easy to forget why you came. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe that question awoke something in to remind him, oh my God, yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm believing to get well. I, I want to say, you know, there's something in me and this is just me going off on one a little bit. Because I, I, I believe there's something that, that, that God wants to say to the church of Jesus Christ. Come on. In this nation, I believe that he wants to say, do you want to get well? Because you've been sitting around believing for some stuff for an awful long time. You're here because you say you believe that God is able. You're here because you believe that God is, is able to heal. But you've been sitting around for 38 years along with other people who were believing. But, but we're still sick. We're still not, we're still not better. And I want to, I want to say that that we as, we as the church of Jesus need to remember why we're here. We need to remember why we signed up. We need to remember what the mission is. That Jesus is real. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus is someone who performs miracles in our lives. And not always... You know, it's, it's been well said that if we, if we only look for the miraculous and the spectacular, we will miss the supernatural. Because the truth is that we see the supernatural in so many ways, but not always in a spectacular way. God is at work. Jesus is at work. He's at work in my life and He's at work in your life. We don't always see all the things we want to see when we want to see it, but He is at work. And Lord, help us that we are just sat around mm, yeah. believing that something is possible, wow. but never actually seeing it. Wow. All those people, all those people turned up to that place because they believed that they could be wow. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I want to I wanna say, I want to remind us. Yeah. I want to remind us as church that Jesus wants us to be wow. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to be courageous. He wants to touch us. I want to I wanna say that, that I get frustrated that, that sometimes people are around church for so many years and they're still dealing with issues that they dealt with 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 38 years ago. And, and, and they love Jesus. Right. And they will sit around saying that we believe miracles are possible. Yet they, they have not been impacted by the power of what is available through the Holy Spirit. And I want to say, I want to remind every one of us that, that Jesus does not want us to nurse our weaknesses all our lives. He wants us to be strong. Why? Because there's a world that needs to be, that needs to be won. Jesus I, listen, you can come in as messed up as you like come on. and know that the power of God is here to set you free. Yeah. But it is not God's plan that you spend the next decades recovering from that. Sorry. Sorry. I just, I believe, I believe in the church. I believe in God. And, and, and I believe that God is able to do what, what, what he promised he would do, but we've got to believe it. We've got to, if we believe it, we've not just got to stand up and give it all this. We've got to show it. 
We've got to show it. People, people are not looking for wise and persuasive words. They can go to a YouTube channel for that. They can go on Instagram for that. They're looking for a demonstration of the Spirit's power. We are we're surrounded by people talking. They're the that we we have now are all around us platforms. People you don't even know have got thousands of people following them, wow. saying stuff. How to apply makeup? How to play the guitar? How to prank somebody? You know you can go and look at any platform and see thousands of people. But but at the end of the day, we don't just need another set of words. We need a demonstration. Of the Spirit's power. God help us. God help us. God help us that we don't get distracted from our mission. I believe our friend here got distracted from his mission. Because he got around people who distracted him. Because you see the thing is when you hang around with people who haven't got their miracle. It gets harder to believe that you're going to get yours. It's easier to say hey. You know, listen, yeah, God is good, but you know, it's not going to happen for everybody. And, and you begin to think, well, maybe, maybe it's not going to, maybe it's not going to happen for me. But I want to say the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar because it can. Will you believe? Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? I don't care what everybody else is doing. Do you want to get well? Where's your passion? Where's your energy? You know? It's, it's, I don't want people to come into this house. They just discover Jesus. They just find out that God um, uh, does miracles. And then they meet somebody from the church and says, Oh, listen, I remember I was excited like you when I first came to Jesus. But don't worry, you'll learn to calm down. You'll learn to settle down to our level. You'll learn to, you'll learn to stop believing as passionate you do. It's lovely. I love it. Oh my God, it just reminds me of me. But now you'll, you'll soon become like me. God, help us. Yeah. God help us to not be like that. Wow. Don't, 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 rather shut up. Don't go around and put out somebody else's fire. Thank you for those six people. That is uh, amazing. So maybe you didn't get offended. Maybe you didn't get offended, but the question needed to be asked, do you want to get well? Because it highlighted, it highlighted something. It highlighted the fact that because of his response, he said, Sir, I have no one to help me. Someone always gets ahead of me. You see, that Jesus, through his question, revealed this man's biggest disability. His biggest disability was not the thing that crippled his body. The biggest disability was his excuses. He came up with his well-rehearsed story. Hey, listen. You're right. I want to get well, but you need to know now all the reasons why I'm not well. You need to understand why I have not taken hold of, of, of what is um, available to me. And Jesus cut right across his story. He snapped him out of his well-rehearsed story. Snapped him out of it. And he said, get up. Get up. He snapped him out of his self-pity. Because we've all got a story. True. You know, Jesus, Jesus is not afraid to snap you out of your self-pity. Jesus, is, Jesus is, is not there. Jesus won't always say what you want him to say, but he will say what you need him to say. Because the thing is, when I'm saying this, you know, you don't understand. I've got no one to help me. And I've been here all this time. And, and I, 
and, I, and, I, and it's not fair because there are other people get ahead of me and I've been, I've been waiting for ages and I've been believing for ages and Jesus said, get up. Get up. Because there's too many of us who we want to come to Jesus uh, in our self-pity and our pain and we want Him to say, oh, come here, mother. I know, I know. I know, oh, it's tough, eh? It's tough. Don't worry. Keep believing on oh, my baby. My baby. I mean, yeah. Well, that's not going to help anybody. That kind of thinking keeps you on the mat. That kind of thinking keeps you down there. You, you might, in your, in your pain, you might want someone to go, oh, go on, you're going to be all right. But what you need is someone to say, Shut up and get up. Because his, his self-pity was blinding him to the anointing that was in his presence. He was believing for some angel to come and stir the waters so that he could step into the waters and get his healing. Meanwhile, he was so focused on what, on what he'd been told would happen, he was getting himself ready to miss the Son of God in his presence. To miss the one who was talking to him. And Jesus dealt with his story by asking him to do something that he knew he couldn't do. So... It's that again, that's a great opportunity to be offended. Mm. What do you mean? Wow, don't you think I try? What you saying? What you saying? <laughs> but the truth is, Jesus, Jesus gave him something to act upon. Right. You see, he gave him a word to act upon because it wasn't just anybody saying, get up. This was the voice who spoke creation into being. This is the voice who caused the water and the land to separate. This is the voice that spoke and the stars were formed. And He called each one of them by name. This wasn't just anybody's voice. This was the voice of creation. The voice of Jesus Christ. And one word or, one, or two words can, can break the lies of 38 years. Get up can break the lies of 38 years. That, that's, why, that's why we need the Word. Because I want you to know that Jesus still speaks through His Word. That's why we need to engage with our Bible. Don't come and tell, don't come and tell me, oh, well, you know, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's difficult. Uh, God, I can't, I don't like reading. I can't get much out of it. I, you know, uh, and you don't know how hard it is for me and I'm busy and I want to. <laughs> I, you know what, I me? Mean? I just enjoy singing and I, I get what I can from the preacher on a Sunday. And You're not going to get what you need from a preacher on a Sunday if you're not engaging with the Word during the week. Do something. I mean, for goodness sake, you've got a phone with apps on it. Use the apps. You, can even, you don't even need to read these days. You can actually just listen to it. Listen to the Word of God in the car. You, you use the time to, to at least get something. Get a snack. Get, get something because that Word is going to plough up the hard ground of your heart. So that when you come on a Sunday, your heart is ready to receive the seed of the preached Word of God. Otherwise, you might have something that just, just 
titillates your ears, that just that just helps, which touches your intellect, but it right. doesn't invade your heart because the ground of your heart is hard. And we, every one of us, need to engage with that voice. Yeah, yeah. The voice that said, get up. The same voice that speaks through His Word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to plough up the soils of our heart so we can receive the Word of God. And that is what brings change. It's supernatural. It's not just about me trying harder, trying harder, trying harder. For too many of us, our Christianity is, oh, I must try harder, I must do better, I must try harder, I must do better. That is not the Christianity that Jesus made available to us. It is not by might. It is not by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. Jesus brings change true and by, true and by His Spirit. That's why we need His Word. We need to stop making excuses and act on the Word that He has given us. Jesus said, do you want to get well? Because before his body could get well, he needed a change in his mindset. Jesus needed to address what was going on in here. Some of us, we don't have our miracle yet because there's stuff going on in here that is hijacking the promise, hijacking the prophecy, hijacking the prayers. It's the voice in your own head. Maybe there's a reason why enemy and inner me sound so similar. Because some of us are going around blaming the devil when my biggest enemy is me. My biggest enemy is the things I say to me. My biggest enemy is what's going on in my head. My, my biggest enemy is what I am saying to me. How can I get the Word of God into me when the voice in my own head is so loud it's robbing me of the power of the Word of God? When I hear something great and I hear something good and I go, yeah, but that's not me, eh? That's for other people. We stop what God is trying to do in our life. Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. What he was saying was, pick that up because you, you need to understand from this moment, you are not designed. You are not designed to live at this level. You, you need to, because... It, it can be confusing. We, we, live, we live with the truth that, that we, should, we should leave behind the past. We should live, leave, forget all that, leave all that. But Jesus said, get up. But He also said, pick up your mat. Pick, pick up that thing you've been sitting on for the last 38 years. Pick it, pick it up. You're not meant to be living on that level anymore. I'm calling you to a higher level. I'm calling you to a new normal. That wasn't your normal. Now it has become your normal because if you do anything for 38 months, it becomes normal. Never mind 38 years. That was his normal and Jesus was seeking to give him a new normal. I want you to understand every single one of you in this room who knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, who's filled with the Spirit of God. I want you to know and understand that God wants to give you a new normal. I don't care whether you've been saved one week or 38 years or 50 years. God wants to give you a new normal. Will, will you get up? Do you want to get well? You've been living on a level that you weren't, you weren't meant to live on. Pick it up. Pick it up. 
pick it up. And I think to fully understand, we've got to, we've got to kind of, because it made me read further. It made me read further because I was thinking, wow, why was he picking up that mat? And I think we get a little bit of an insight, maybe, as we read on, because we read in, in John 5 verse 9 that once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. Wow. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, the Lord forbids you to carry your mat, which is one of the reasons I believe Jesus asked him to carry the mat, to get up the noses of the religious people because religious people just notice that you're carrying your mat, not that you've just been healed of a 38-year-old illness. So they asked him, who is the fellow who told you to pick it up and walk in the mat? who was healed, had no idea who it was for Jesus. It slipped away into the crowd that was there. Watch this. Later, verse 14, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, don't you love that? Jesus went looking for him. Hmm. Someone here needs to know that, that Jesus has been looking for you. He knows where you are, but he's been looking for you. And he said, to it, he said to him, see, you are well again. See, you are well again. Yeah. And then he said this, he said, stop sinning. Or something worse might happen to you. Now I want to say, because that is the moment right now, as church, we go, oh yeah, yeah, it's true. Stop sinning. Mm. Yeah, something worse, oh, something worse will happen. Yeah, we know. We know we're really good at that because the truth is that we're all struggling and we all have sin that we have to deal with. Right. Let's just say it. Yeah. Why, why are we pretending? True. True. Let's be honest. We're all, we're, every one of us here is more messed up than we look. And some of you, it's still pretty close. <laughs> we're, all, we're, we're, all, we're all messed up, more messed up than we look. So it's easy for us to say, yes, of course, like that you don't need much revelation to say that if you keep deliberately sinning, you're going to end up in a worse place. That's not what I want you to look at. Just put that out of your mind. Take your church head off for a second and listen, because this is what I want you to get. Jesus started with, see you are well again. He healed him while he was sinning. He healed him while he was messing up. He healed him while he wasn't perfect. And I'm saying that to us because too many of us believe that we've got to be perfect before God will do something for us. We've got to be perfect before He'll heal us. We've got to be perfect. But it was while he was messed up that God did something for him. And it wasn't the first thing on his list. Jesus healed him first. He healed him first and then he dealt with, he's saying, listen, bro, you healed, but we've got some other things. We've got some other things that we need to deal with. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is why Jesus got him to pick up his mat. If you're part of our family, this mat's familiar. We, um, my wife and I and uh, Bethany and Aaron, our two eldest, we went to Burkina Faso when uh, 
30, 30 years ago, uh, exactly. And, um, or at least it will be in November. And um, this, this, this mat actually will evoke something because um, our, we, we were packed up to, to um, come home. My wife went out to the market in the heat of the day to um, pick up a few bits of bobs. And she came back the day before we were leaving. Our cases were packed. She came back with this. I said, where are you going with that? <laughs> so the first thing that this mat did in our life was cause a row. <laughs> because I'm saying, I'm saying, well, it can't fit. It can't fit in the suitcase. It cannot fit. Where, which, where, how are we getting this home? We've already got too much stuff. Now she's like, oh, no, well, you know, I, I, I saw it. I thought it'll be a memory. I think it'll be nice. And, you know, then she starts crying and it's like, oh. And I said, well, you know what? It's not, it's not going. It's not going. I don't care. It's lovely. I get it. It's not going. Anyway, here it is. <laughs> And apart from being a little bit frayed around the edges, it's not looking too bad to say we've had it for 30 years. And, wow. and, and, and the, thing, the, the thing is that we have used this on beaches in so many different places. We've used it on family, family picnics. We have, with this, any, if you've been around our family this map, we will, we will remember it. And, and not least because it... It would be a rare time that my wife didn't seize the opportunity on one of those picnics or trips to the beach to mention that uh, if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have it. But we don't need to. We don't need to think too much about that. The reason I'm saying all that is because there's a lot of memories in the map. There's a lot of memories in the mat. Maybe that's why Jesus got him to pick up his mat. Because he'd had a mat for 38 years. And it would remind him of where he'd come from. And it would remind him of what Jesus had done for him. And it it would remind him because he'd still got some stuff to deal with. Because there was some sin, there was some issues. Because the thing is, if we're really honest, we've all got some issues that we're still working through. But, but Jesus said, don't worry, because I've given you some, I've given you some testimonies. I've given you some memories. I've given you something to carry with you so you can say, no man, the same Jesus that delivered me from this, the same Jesus that delivered me from that is the same Jesus that can deliver me now. Every single one of us, it might not be a visible map, but we've all got a map to carry. We've all got something to carry with us. So if it was not for Jesus, if it was not for my God, I would not have made it this far. And it's there to remind us because the map helps me remember. The mat helps me remember what Jesus has done and what He can do. I don't know. I just think that when Jesus, when Jesus saw him that day, He saw he was stuck. And Jesus knew, I need, I need, to, I need to get this guy unstuck. 
Funny how life can do that, hey? We start off with the best intentions. We start off with the right ideas and yet we just get caught up in life and we, and we work, wow, 38 years has gone. Some of you, some of you don't know what I'm talking about and, and like me at your age, you would sit there thinking, oh, yeah, here they go again, but let me tell you, it's surprising how quickly time goes. But Jesus offered him the opportunity to get unstuck. As we draw towards a close, I just want to give an opportunity to someone who, who maybe feels stuck today. It wasn't that you intended to get here. In fact, you started out and it was going so well and yet somehow, somewhere along the line, somewhere, oh God, it may not be 38 years, but somewhere along the line, oh, you've just got yourself caught up thinking this is the way this is the way and yet Jesus wants to do something different and that's my first point if you feel if you feel stuck I want you to know that this man he wanted a breakthrough but Jesus was not going to do it in the way he thought he was going to do it he got an idea in his head that the way I'm going to get healed is if I get in that pool and that was his problem He was so focused on the way he thought that Jesus was going to do it, he nearly missed Jesus. And I want to say, if you feel stuck, you need to get it out of your head how you think. The fact that you think that He's going to do it, the fact that you're believing for He's going to do it, great. 100%. Go for it. Get out of your mind the way it's going to happen. Don't start telling Jesus, and I want it to happen like this, and I want it to happen like that. Because He decides how it happens. He's heard your prayer. He will give it to you. But don't start telling Him it's got to happen this way. Secondly, He'd been believing for a long time. I believe that there are some people in the room who've been believing for some stuff for a long time. A long time. And if you've, if you've not been believing for it a long time, it's, it seems like a long time. It seems like a long time. But Jesus came to get him unstuck. He was, he was caught between what he was believing for and his reality. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What, you, what, how, how often do we find ourselves here? We've got our promises. We've got our, our promises highlighted in our Bible. We've got the things that we're believing for. And yet our reality isn't like that. But we've just got to keep believing. We've just got to keep believing. We've just got to keep believing. Which means the fourthly. He had the frustration I've seen others get what they were believing for. He saw others get their healing. He saw others get their miracle. He saw others get their breakthrough. And it's great because we, we want to do the right Christian thing and we want to respond in the right way. And we go, oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm really pleased for you. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. But there's something down in, inside of you, especially when you've been trusting and believing for a long time that says, oh God, I want to celebrate this so badly, but when's it going to be my turn? How long, Lord? How long? How long? How long must I wait and believe in You? Fifthly, the truth was in the passing of time, He felt increasingly invisible and increasingly stuck. But one day Jesus came by and said, I see You. I want you to know today is the day that Jesus is passing by. He says, I see You. Sixthly, He acted on a word Jesus gave Him. Get up. You've, whatever He tells you to do, whatever He tells you to do, 
sometimes we we, we rob ourselves of an opportunity because we're looking for something big and complicated. Oh, if God tells me something, it must be something big and complicated. I, was, I talked about um, Doug, Pastor Doug Mockley was in the meeting this morning. This is his wife, Lisa, here tonight. Great to have you here. But I was ta- he was telling a story of, of, he felt that there were some things uh, going off in the family and he felt, he felt God say to him something very simple, go and make them a cup of coffee. Right. Now you, you could say, ah, oh, that's, that's just me. I, I don't feel like making a coffee. What can a coffee do? But God said, that was, that was get up. It was something so simple, but just, just do the little thing He's asking you to do because there's a miracle in those simple words. And finally, seven, do to move forward in God. It takes all of me and all of God. And I say that because too many of us think we're just sitting around waiting for God. He, he, Oh, he'd taken, sat around 38 years waiting for God. Right. Wow. Right. The church sat around for decades waiting for God. Wow. I know some of you are thinking, oh my God, he's lost it now. He's lost it. But I, I do, I believe that God's waiting for us. God's waiting for His church. God is waiting for people who He he has empowered by His Spirit to get up, to stand up, to pick up their mat, to walk on a different level, to walk in a way that they say, I believe. I believe in God. I trust Him. I know He's able. I may not be seeing everything that I want to see right now, but I trust and believe that God is able. God will give me the breakthrough. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to embrace the truth that He is God and I'm His child and He only wants good for me. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.